What up, it's your boy Tony Sumo coming to you with another episode. But before I get down with my guest, let me get my plugs out of the way. Go to dirtycleaneats.com. Check out the product there. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and listen to their podcast, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast on iTunes. Now use the code DCE Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store. Get some jammo in your life. It'll kill what else yeah. And check out tiki-tribe.com. That's T-I-I-K-I tribe.com for all your ready-made meal solutions. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram too. And if you use the code Tiny Sumo, you can get 20% off in store with those guys now. And me, I'm your boy Tiny Sumo. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends, tell your family. Your boy appreciates it. But I think that's enough of a plug. So let me get down with my guest. You, Quincy Jane, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. Jane just got really bad cramp. <laughs> just perfect timing. Yeah, foot yeah. cramp, but it's okay. I've played through them before. <laughs> I was going to say, you power through it. That's what athletes do. And you're yeah. just going to deal with the cramp and move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what doing right now. I'm <laughs> smiling through the pain. <laughs> that's, no one would know. No one would know. And that's what matters. No one would know. So... Thank you for powering through the cramp, but also thank you for taking the time to have a chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank you for having us. That's okay, because a couple of things I'm very interested in, right? I'm obviously interested in talking about your work with Harvey, um, especially with him fighting for Full Metal Dojo, which is like my new favorite promotion in the world. <laughs> also, uh, I want to talk about the management side, like working with athletes and helping them build a brand and things like that, because I'm very interested in that which is part of the reason that I do these chats. I like to give people a bit of a platform to try and, you know, help their own brand and help their own business and things like that. But what I want to talk about first, what I want to talk about first is both your athletic sides. So from your sporting perspective, mm-hmm. I need to know how you got involved in the, the LFL. <laughs> well, um, we have similar stories, Quincy and I. I got asked to try out by my best friend's auntie just to try out for like a local gridiron league. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? At the time, I was playing touch footy and volleyball and I wanted something new. So I went along and tried out and it was so much fun. I fell in love with the game straight away. And then I found out that the LFL was coming to Australia and then they were going to have tryouts in Brisbane and Sydney. So I went along to the Brisbane tryouts and I tried out for the team. There are probably about 80 or 200 girls there. I think they picked 40 or 45. Do you remember? 40. 40, yeah. They picked 40 girls out of that and I was selected and then they just kept cutting down the team until they had a squad of 20. And, yeah, I was lucky enough to make it. It's one of those things like watching it and everyone sees the clips. And like I've seen clips of the girls scoring touchdowns and chugging beers, all kinds <laughs> of wild shit, all kinds yeah. of wild stuff. What was it like then for you both going from that sort of like, you know, the tryouts, that type thing, just picking up the sport? Because it is random. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, American football is random enough over here. LFL is a whole nother thing. What was it like then, I guess, sort of you both getting involved in it, you know, in terms of playing? Like, what was it like within those teams? Um, I think that we really had to immerse ourselves in it. Like no one knew anything. So we were all quite level in that regard. So they kind of picked us for positions on our body types and like our strengths and weaknesses just from having us run around. And then we just like dove in. Like there was a lot of playbook sessions. There was a lot of, um, we did a lot of speed conditioning, uh, strength and then like team training. So it was really full on. Like I think we were training like eight or nine times a week and everyone was working full time. So just to learn the game and just like to get yeah. on that level because 
when we played for the LFL, everyone was playing their first game, but it was on TV and it was in front of like these huge crowds. So it's like you don't even get to be a rookie. It's like everyone's a rookie in their first game. Yeah, everyone's having a rookie game as a professional. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of weird. And it's really yeah. good. And it was really cool that we got to do it in the Australian League where everyone was a rookie. It's not like, you know, I was just a rookie and the other girls had played before. Everyone that played out there in the Australian League was a rookie, apart from the imports, but the majority of the girls were Australians. So we were all, you know, kind of going through it together. So they did have imports as well. They brought girls over for it. Yeah. Yeah, each team had one. Okay, so that was like, was that the rules? Um, I just think that some of the American girls wanted to come out, and so there was an opportunity for them to do Yeah, and the league liked to have veteran players on the team to help out the rookies and, you know, just give them a bit of leadership and guidance. And and it's good with the marketing and, like, the way that they speak. They were more confident in, like, talking about the games and how it worked because the rest of us had no idea. Because (laughs) you're all rookies. It's wild to think, though, too, that, like, you've you've gone from that triad thing and it's not like there's even a feeder league then either. It's not like we're going to go play some local games. We're going to have a run on the paddock. We'll just, we'll feel it out. It's like, no, no, you've made the team. Now into the stadium. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. But there was a big lead up. Like we. About a year and we, a half. A year and a half. Oh, like, wow. Okay. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So we trained as a squad for a year and a half before we actually played. So it wasn't like they just threw us out there. And how much of that too then? Like obviously the training side of it and you're learning the game itself. Because so before that, like not knowing any of the rules. Mm. So. Going from that, so from learning the rules, like how much press and stuff's involved as well? Because that's obviously going to be one of the marketing things for it. It's obviously going to be heavy marketing. Are you spending a lot of time doing that sort of stuff? The lead up to the very first game was a state of origin style because it was New South Wales versus Queensland. I played for Queensland and Quincy played for New South Wales. (laughs) Um, There was a huge lead up to that game. There was so much press. And that was something that we all weren't really used to. We weren't used to speaking in front of a camera, especially about a sport we'd never played before. So it was quite mm. interesting. Um, but Lots yeah. of promos at <laughs> So, all right, going from that now too. So from going from that, finding yourself sort of, I guess, thrust into this sport pretty quickly. You know, while there's that year and a half of it spent intensively getting ready for it, comparative to you know, like another professional athlete, that's a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like the majority of other professional athletes are going to be spending their time coming up, playing juniors, you know, in the, in the, I guess you're looking at American football, they're playing school, they're playing college, things like that. With being able to deal with that side of the stuff, is that sort of what got you into then dealing with athlete management? Um, I guess maybe a little bit. Yeah, we're like, we understand the journey, but we're not like, okay, so our company, Athletes for Athletes, isn't a management company, but the funny story about Harvey is we were looking for a night out in Bangkok, and we went to the full metal dojo event yep. um, at Insanity Nightclub, and he I... was fighting, so we... He was fighting, yeah. He was yeah. like the lead fight, and we, Jane, had met him before, so at we a were, gym. Yeah, so we were kind of promoting him, and like, just geeing him up, like, we're here to watch him fight, like, he was like the lead fight, and... We were like this close. We, we were the girls that were holding onto the cage watching. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. I literally saw like some guy get knee in the face right in front of like, me. Like he was getting knee over and over. <laughs> I was like, no one's stopping this. Like he's knocked out. Like this has got to stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then after that fight, Harvey just came up to us and he was like, I love everything you guys are doing with Athletes for Athletes. Can you manage me? And um, in that moment, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, All right. Was- 
So it's not a it's not a management. You know, besides Harvey, besides Harvey, he's special. Besides Harvey, let's talk about the athletes for athletes brand itself. Then the company. Talk, talk, tell me about the inception of the company, the business model, what you offer, things like that. And because I know that you're working with other football players and things like that as well. I just want to know how it came about and, and what you guys do with the athletes and things like that. Yeah. So we walked away from sport at the end of last year. You know, our team, we went undefeated. We won a championship. You know, there was such a huge high. Um, we went on a tour, we partied, you know, we had a lot of fun <laughs> as you do. And then after that all kind of died down, we realized that we had no idea what we wanted to do. We had no direction. We were kind of a little bit lost and yeah, like we have our whole lives ahead of us and we had no idea what we were going to do. But what we knew is that we didn't want like the dream to end. Like we had a really cool opportunity where we lived between the U S and Australia and we traveled and we had so much freedom and we loved like spending our days like training and hanging out with our teammates and we didn't want that to stop. And so we knew that we had to find something in like the online space because that's where you can have like some freedom. And so we started looking into it, but I mean, it's such a big bad world out there. And like, how do you figure out exactly what it is that you want to do? And we kind of floundered around for about nine months and we did loads of self development and we kind of tried different things. And then one day a business mentor of ours, who's an incredible friend and she's really successful in the online space. And she just sat down us down and she said, what are you guys doing? Like you have this incredible platform. You have the ability to help people. Why don't you help your people? Because there's no doubt if you guys went through this hard process that other athletes have not gone through it as well. So we were like, Oh, you're so right. And then that's when athletes for athletes was born. And we, we started off with one offer, like the, the original offer that we had, and we wanted to be able to give athletes multiple offers. So we launched what three and a half months ago or something. Oh, the 1st of July we launched. Yeah. So it's been a couple of months and it's been bigger and better than we ever anticipated. Like there is such a huge need for it. Like we, um, we knew that like there was, but we didn't realize just how bad it was. Like so many different athletes from so many different codes reach out to us all the time and they have no idea. And it's not so much, not even just not knowing it's just having someone to help you take those first few steps. Yeah. Cause that first step is the hardest. And I found like that was the hardest for us when we went through it. So we wanted to be the people that we needed when we went through that. We lost phase. Yeah. 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 Like we want to have them. That's definitely one of the biggest things. And I think since doing these chats, talking to fighters and especially amateur fighters looking to make a career out of it going professional and talking to them a lot of it now, it's different to when we all started. You know, like fighting now comparatively as a business, it's still, you know, the base model is still the same thing. We're punching each other for money type thing. But in terms of like the marketability because of social media and having, I guess, people to help you navigate that, is such a massive thing. You know, that's just me looking at it from a fighter's perspective. Like you said, you're working with athletes from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the main issues, I guess, that you guys see that athletes come to you with? You know, like you're talking about that first step. What, what are some of the problems that these athletes are going to have? I think just their mindset transitioning from being an athlete to an entrepreneur. You know, you identify as an athlete for so long. So you don't believe that. And, you know, athletes, they're so confident when they're on the field when they're on the court they believe that they can do anything they can believe that they can win a championship but when it comes to business they don't believe they can do it as much or they can be as successful as other people just because they've never been in that space before it's quite new um and just helping them overcome that because we went through that exact same identity crisis if you want to call it Mm -hmm. 
you know, when you buy into a business, you're an entrepreneur. You're like, it doesn't matter what yeah. past you you're have or experience. Version. Yeah. You know, you mm. bought the you are an entrepreneur, but you're just not a good one. And yeah. you can become a good one. And the only way to become a good one is to fail forward and to learn and to, you know, to keep um, growing as a human and, like, helping people. And I think, like, it's just a process. But, like, that mindset is it's hard to change. Like, you know, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete, and then one day you're not anymore. Yeah. In talking to people with the chats, too, it's always interesting to hear these guys and girls like I said, go and get punched and kicked. And, you know, like I talk to people that go and do the scariest sport in the world. And then afterwards, you know, they'll go, I was so nervous for the chat. You know, I'm not used to this sort of stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is easy. This is just, this is a conversation. Other yeah. people will listen to it, but it's just a conversation. You're not getting hurt in front of people. And it's the same, I guess, for athletes from any walk of life where it's all of a sudden, like you find yourself and you believe you are this definable skill set that you are, that sport, you are that athlete, and anything outside of that is too scary. Mm, yeah, 100%. So with dealing with that then too, you know, you talked about, I guess, that rookie mentality. Do you find then that athletes, if they're, are, there, are there traits that an athlete can bring across, you know, from their athletic endeavours into an entrepreneur type world? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like, because everything that, all the skills you can learn, like everything can be taught, but the things that athletes possess, like that ability to pursue something like relentlessly, like that showing up consistently, perseverance, like that winning attitude, like it doesn't matter how I do it, I'm going to like get there. Those kind of things are hard to teach people. Like you either have it or you don't. Yeah, the work ethic, being tenacious, not giving up. Those are great qualities to have and yeah a lot of athletes have it and just because they don't have the skills that translate over to business they have the qualities that can help them succeed and all great entrepreneurs so that is like because they have seen there's obviously guys and girls that have made the transition very smoothly and very comfortably what are the mistakes then i mean besides that i guess is there anything outside of that initial confidence thing that's going to be a mistake for people coming across um, I don't well, think there's mistakes. I think like you, obviously you learning and like things, often things happen and they make you, they get you to the place. Because sometimes Jane and I will take so long to get something, but by the time we get it, we're actually in a space where we're ready to handle it. So sometimes you have to grow through those things and I don't think it's a mistake, but we want, we did take the hard route. Like we did everything ourselves and we we also I, thought we knew better. <laughs> we kind of so our ego has got in the way a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and, and we just yeah we we made a lot of things harder than they needed to be. So we would like to show people like the easier way to do things and the things that we fail that we can now say to people like this is yeah, what yeah and wrong. have our athletes learn from the mistakes we made so when they're navigating a new space they don't make those same mistakes they can go off and make their own but at least they're not making the ones that we've already made and also i think another thing we never got clear from the beginning what we wanted to do so when we're talking with athletes and we talk to athletes who are currently playing and also retired mm-hmm. but like what do you want to do like who are you outside of sport and what makes you happy they get really clear on that and just understand them and then how do we make it something that you can make money from like yeah. how do we make it a reality but make it you know you still want to make good money you still want to have a good life like you have to be realistic and if the thing that you're passionate about doesn't make you money that's cool let's make you money in the online space so that you have the time freedom and the financial freedom to be able to pursue the things that you love without 
you know, worrying yeah, about it. Yeah, because we're all more than just an athlete and we have other parts of ourselves that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about. Um, a lot of NBA players, they like to explore the rap game. They like to <laughs> dabble in the clothing business or other things. They have other parts of themselves and sometimes they think it's not okay to explore it or express it, but we want to help explore those other parts because you have the rest of your life to look forward to. Your playing career is very short. Every athlete has a shelf life. So just looking forward to that the next phase of your life pretty much. That's a good point because that's a very scary thing for an athlete, I think, to, I guess, detach yourself from that identity of your sport. For fighters, you know, you're a fighter. That's how people know you. You're a fighter. And then all of a sudden you're not fighting and you see these guys and girls all of a sudden go, ooh, like I don't know now outside of that sphere who I am, what I like, what I do, because it's all so encompassing. You girls know professional athletes, everything is just like, everything's about the sport. Everything's about the performance, the end goal, that type of thing. You mentioned that you're working with athletes, both current and ex then as well. So is it something that you'd recommend to guys and girls if they're looking at getting involved in that sort of stuff, do it while they're still playing? Is that, you know, that's something they should be looking at? No, 100%. Just because while you're playing, you always have that thing in the back of your mind, like, what, how am I going to provide for my family or how am I going to survive after if I don't make it being an athlete or if I don't get this next contract? Yeah, you always have that like niggling thing in the back of your head. But if you start to put things in place, you have peace of mind. You're able to focus on, you know, your craft and other things. And, and also I think as well, you have a platform when you're an athlete. People are watching you. People are interested in what you're doing. They are supporting you. They're following your journey. They know who you are. They know how you show up. So introducing something then and getting them familiar with you and your brand as a person outside of football is so smart. Like you have eyes on you. And people, uh, athletes especially, they think that that relevance and those eyes are going to be there forever and they're not because Mm. as soon as you leave, I mean, there are – very few key players like there's obviously marquee players that will be remembered forever but majority of the time you you know it's a churn and burn system and people are following the team and when you leave you're no longer relevant to them and so you've got a window where you can capitalize on that so do it and I mean another thing that we talk to people about is like this is a way for you to make money so that you can invest it in like you know have play money, like whatever it is. So if you're an athlete um, who is currently playing, I think it's just such a smart idea to to start looking. I wish that we'd done it and we didn't even get paid, but I wish that we had found this kind of online space while we were playing because we, we, you know, it took us, like we said, nine months to figure it out once we finished. And some people don't have the luxury of that time. Mm. You know, a lot of people end up going into a nine to five job just to keep their head above water and then they stay there and it's 10 years later and they look back and they're like, I absolutely hate this. But like that's just where they landed. Mm. That is the thing. That's, it's, it's a, it's a cycle too. But it's like you're saying, using that platform at the time, I guess for guys coming up, building the platform, once you get there, using the platform and then afterwards you're able to keep that going. That's the idea. Yeah. Nice. I think, And I mean, it's obviously, it's very similar to any other sport, but fighting is definitely one of those ones where I think the shelf life is so short. It wouldn't, it would be very similar, I guess, to like American football in that, like the damage that you're taking, you can only play for X amount of time before your body just goes, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do that anymore. Fighting and football are very similar in that. And I definitely think there needs to be more people like yourselves involved in helping the athletes before, during and after, because... A lot of these young fighters now, you know, I see a lot of them on the chats, which is really good to see that they're sort of building their brand early, which is really good. That's what you, you want to have an established brand 
be established on speaking in front of people, being on the mic. A lot of the fighters that I get on this chat have had one fight, things like that. And I'm like, no, no, come talk to me now. And that way, later on, when you get to the UFC, that's not the first time you've had a mic in your face. You know, you're able to talk, yeah. you know, comfortably and confidently, and it's not it's not stuttering and not umming, whatever it may be. But I think then too, using that platform is so important. And there's not enough people like yourselves going, hey, no, 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 this is the space we can help you work in. So mm-hmm. where can people find Athletes for Athletes? What should they be looking for? How can you help them? Where can they go? Okay, well, they can find us here, obviously, Athletes for Athletes Official here on Instagram. So this is our Instagram page, and it's the same Athletes for Athletes Official on uh, Facebook and at gmail.com is Athletes for Athletes Official. So that's across the board otherwise people can reach out to us individually and we are super passionate obviously because we have harvey and we're now learning so much about the mma world and the fight world and we've been going to a few fights here in australia and we're making a lot of contacts and we're really trying to learn and understand that we know that there's a huge need because we've met with fighters who are at the top of their game who are now building or who now have no idea what they want to do harvey is a great contact so if people feel more comfortable reaching out to him like he is now obviously a part of our business and he understands the need in that niche so he's someone that we're going to and he also has a passion for helping athletes yeah so he Mm -hmm. obviously have everyone remember the name yeah so in the fight world harvey is going to be huge (laughs) we're putting it out there right now he's going to go all the way but he also is like she said passionate about helping uh, athletes specifically fighters because he understands them so reach out to him if you want like obviously we can all work together to help fighters get into a better position if that's what they're motivated to do. Awesome. No, it's good to see. And I would like to see more of it. It's one of those things that I'm, I am very passionate about as well, because I want, I want the people who are taking the damage for the sake of the fans, you know, the people that are essentially selling their, you know, they're selling a part of their body every time they compete, you know, they're selling brain cells, they're selling joints. They're doing that type of thing to themselves for the sake of the crowd. And it's no different at football in that sense too. You know, you're leaving a bit of yourself on the field every time. Well, I leave myself, I leave a bit of myself in the ring every day. I need to make sure that I'm compensated accordingly and I'm looked after after fighting because the promoter's not going to care after the show. The show's done. I've sold the tickets. I've sold the pay-per-view, whatever. It's done there. I need to make sure that there's people like yourselves helping me build that platform. So keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully start working with some more fighters. It'd be fantastic to see any fighters out there that want to work with the ladies. We'd hit them up at Athletes for Athletes and they will look after you. Build yourself a brand. Build yourself a platform. Give yourself some security later on in life because you can only take so many shots. Exactly. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. Well, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, thanks uh, for- like I said, hopefully I see you working with some more fighters and we'll see you at some shows down in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So sounds much. good. Appreciate All right. You. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. See you, bye. <laughs>